Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. All right. So I'm guessing uh, if you're listening to this, uh, the James Fletcher podcast 1.2, it means you have burned your way through 1.1. So pretty much just going to pick it up in the middle sort of where we kind of cut it off i might backtrack it a tiny bit um but yeah this this is just like the conversation that kind of stopped talking about the breathing stuff and just started kind of talking about life which was uh equally as cool um but yeah like i sort of said in the first podcast just wanted to split it up uh and yeah make sure that we kind of covered all the bases that we originally wanted to with the breathing stuff uh and then yeah this is sort of uh this is just a little bit extra for everybody uh so thanks for listening through uh episode 1.1 uh the first part and uh this is 1.2 uh all right i need to get into some sponsor stuff before we can get into this podcast uh and the first sponsor i would like to talk about as always is our mates at boost mobile uh they have a crazy plan uh, that sort of takes away all of the headaches when it comes to having a phone. Uh, basically, you get 240 gigabytes of data for 12 months for just $300. Uh, so you break that down, that is uh, insanely cheap for quite a lot of data, uh, and then you just you don't have to worry about it. Uh, I think these are especially good for... Uh, people that travel and you're kind of coming in and out of the country. Uh, I always used to struggle when I lived in the States with coming back. And if I was gone longer than three months, my prepaid would be up and then I'd have to go through the whole process again. Uh, so that's sort of it, it based on my personal experience where I'm like, damn, this would be a uh, very useful uh, plan to, to jump on. Uh, you can also stream music data free uh, with Apple Music. So that's just another little uh, cheeky cheeky nug of goodness there for you a uh, little extra incentive to jump on board uh, you can head to boost.com.au or follow the guys on instagram at boost oz uh, also need to give uh, a shout out to the guys at nobby underwear um, just these guys are these guys are a part of this podcast now they're just such great people. i guess it's the same with boost um, but you know the guys at, at nobby um have really become such a special part of what we do here uh and i definitely just love when uh i see people say they've joined the nobby nation people tag me opening their fresh pair every month um i think it's become something really cool 
uh, and it's just more than a uh, sponsor, uh, I guess, podcast relationship. Um, so yeah, huge shout out to those guys. If you want to join the hundreds of other people that have joined the Nobby Nation through uh, the Gypsy Tales podcast, and zero of those have been let down, may I add, uh, you can head to nobbyunderwear.com.au. 20 bucks a month gets you a, pre- a fresh pair of underwear. Um, people ask me the kind that I wear. I actually get both the short and the long leg. Uh I'd say the long leg is probably my preference, uh, especially when it comes to training uh, or riding, surfing, that sort of stuff. Um, But there's definitely times where I find myself going for the shorter leg uh, trunk as well. So it just sort of depends on what I'm doing, Uh, just in like a more casual sense, like when I'm not really doing that much or just sitting around working all day, I'll probably go for the trunk over the long leg. Um, but yeah, it's just a preference. So if that helps anybody out, um, but yeah, so that's it for the sponsors. Uh, also please, uh, jump online and have a look at our merch. You can get there through the link in our bio on our Instagram, which is at gypsy tail podcast. Uh, that merch definitely helps out massively. Um, yeah, just with sort of all the costs associated with this. Uh, and you end up with a pretty rad t-shirt with sort of embraced the whole gypsy gang thing and uh we've sort of tried to make a shirt for the gypsy gang so uh you can get there through the link in our bio all right that's it uh this is episode or like chapter 1.1 of the james fletcher podcast Uh, once this is done you can go and hear us drivel about all sorts of uh random nonsense which was epic uh in part 1.2 yeah, well, I've been I've been thinking like, and especially last night when we were in bed, and then we both were on our phones. I was like, "Fuck, this has to stop." Mm. Like, I think I'm gonna go and get an alarm clock, and I'm gonna put it next to my bed, mm. and I'm gonna set that cunt every mm. day. Yeah, and then the phone, and even like, I even want to get it to the point where like we cannot get on the phones mm. for an hour mm-hmm. before after we wake up, because mm. like I'm just fucking on the thing, man. And like when we first moved to Burley, we were getting up at six every day and going to the beach and Mm -hmm. I was surfing and if it was small, Rick was surfing as Mm -hmm. well. But, um, that's just, it's just stopped. Like it stopped when I broke my rib Mm because I couldn't surf and then I couldn't really get off the couch for like those, you know, that first week. yeah. Yeah. So then I was like that whole thing with the rib and then it just, I didn't really get back into that routine. Yeah. And then I was, what I was doing when I hurt my rib was I was reading for 20 minutes mm-hmm. while I had my coffee mm-hmm. and then getting on my phone after that. But mm-hmm. now I'm just like, dude, I just got to, I got to piece out from this thing for like hours, you know, like then hour before bed mm-hmm. and then an hour after we wake up, mm-hmm. like that has to be time where mm-hmm. like, I can't get on that thing. I can't reach other, like I need to be a little bit more connected in my house. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm in a live with my partner mm. and there's this disconnect of like, I can sit on my phone, she can sit on her phone. She can be in, in fucking makeup land watching mm. a chick in the UK and I can be in podcast land listening mm. to someone. And it's like, there's such a disconnect, even yeah. though we're in the same room. And that is almost what is more scary to me at the moment. And in like a relationship standpoint is like, I wonder what that distance is doing, even though you're in the same home, right? Yeah, I mean, I can't really speak around that. I certainly see it and feel it as well. You know, when you are in a relationship or you're going to dinner with someone and you're doing this, you know, and even just having the phone on the table has an impact on the ability to connect with someone, you know? So if you are, 
you know, going to dinner with someone or going on a date or with a bunch of friends, like I would, I try not to put my phone on the table, you know, like because I'm conscious of the, my attention getting drawn to it and then also my friend's attention getting to, drawn towards it, if it vibrates or whatever. And it just takes away from those moments, you know. Yeah. Um, but my my other specialty in in health world is sleep, you know. So I've done a lot of research and oh, a lot I didn't of know that. Um, reading on sleep. And I've well, I had a company that used to test people's sleep, you know. So people would come into me with sleep problems. Yeah. Um, and then I would d- just discuss what their sleep habits are, and then we would send them away to do a sleep test um, at home. And this is a PSG two test, which tests brainwaves breathing um where they're lying what time they go to bed what time they wake up what stage sleep they're in all this sort of stuff and you'd be surprised on like that interaction with a phone or with a computer in those hours leading up to bed how much impact that has on staging of sleep on sleep quality on sleep health and for me the foundation of health is sleep really it like i've never seen um like you see patients come in with obstructive sleep apnea. So that's a condition where they can't breathe that's when they're asleep. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like you, it's essentially snoring to the next level. Yeah. Right? So it's snoring and then you stop breathing. You're holding your breath. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you can fix that the next day with a sleep, the CPAP. So that's in a, a device. That's the, that, yeah. yeah. That device that goes on. So it's a, it's, it's a condition which you can come in with and you might've had it for 10 years and then it's a condition you can fix the next day. Okay. So you'd be surprised at the types of people that, used to, that I used to treat um, in GP land where they're overweight usually and they've got pain and there's always something fucking wrong. There's, there's nothing yeah. right in their life. You know, they're fucking miserable. Their partner hates them. They're never engaging in conversation. They, they're not sleeping. They've got obstructive sleep apnea. So literally every 10 seconds, this person's stopping breathing, all right? And they're stopping breathing for 30 to 40 seconds and then they take a few breaths yeah, and this is happening. Yeah. yeah. And they can be asleep for 10 or 12 hours, you know, and they've literally haven't slept. So for 10 years they haven't slept and then no wonder they're fucking like, can't lose weight. Yeah. yeah. Miserable. They can't connect in conversation and they're just cooked. Like they're not sleeping. You put them on CPAP, like the amount of partners that have come in to see me and go, Oh my fucking God, I've got my (laughs) husband back. You know, the week, the next week, you know, it's tricky to get on a CPAP. There's some issues with getting there, but it's the transformation is a phenomenal pain levels reducing people losing weight for doing from sleeping you know getting new light like it's incredible so i really strongly believe and i test a lot of athletes um sleep as well because you just don't know you where don't pathology know, yeah. lies um i sleep all right well how do you know you're asleep you know let's test it and let's have a look at that function and can we improve it can we make it better you know yeah because um, you're not you don't really do too much you know you're sleeping yeah, um, the the sleep is, um, yeah. I feel like I have some form of that. Like I have like bad snoring, dude. Yeah, because yeah. I'm and like that's a shit. Like Ricky struggles with that. Like she yeah. runs runs like the earplugs and yeah. shit. And I know like she gets up in the morning. She's like, I fucking didn't sleep. Yeah, but, you so. sound a bit nasally now. Like literally obstructive sleep oh, apnea yeah. is like your soft palate in the back of your throat closing over when you get relaxed. Hence. You take sleeping pills, which makes you more relaxed. You'll have more snoring or more obstructions. Uh, you get fucking drunk, all right? You're more relaxed. You're weed. Weed, yeah, you get more... Anything that makes you more relaxed. I don't actually know about weed. Like, I think that... I don't know if it has a muscle relaxant, like, component to it because I certainly have guided people in the direction of using drops to help them sleep because I know that... 
taking a Valium will make them more, more muscle relaxant and which will make them worse, worse sleep. The, yeah. You know, they'll get to sleep better, but they won't have a good night's sleep. So that's where I'm at. I think that, so I have, and I've struggled with sleep my entire life. Mm. I've, like, I, w- I had insomnia for basically 12 years mm-hmm. of school. Yeah. I would have slept three hours a night. Yeah, not good. From when I was, what, from literally the day mm. I started school to yeah. the day I stopped school. Memory. Like, How's your memory at school? I don't, know, I don't remember school. Like, <laughs> there you I'm, go. That's right. Honestly, bro, yeah. like I fucking have like bl- like blanks. Yeah. Like I don't remember teachers. Mm. I don't remember people. Nothing. Yeah. Right. Like, but I had such a shit time at school. Yeah. Right. Where I just think I blocked out basically yeah. all. Like I just wasn't there. Yeah, wasn't yeah. present for that at all. Mm-hmm. But I just couldn't sleep, and it. I just my my mind is just fucking do 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 just mm. redlining all day, mm-hmm. every day. Like I'll. You know, I'll, I'll go upstairs and have a coffee and mm. I'll just stare at a wall mm. for like 20 minutes. Just process. Just fucking, mm. I'm on. Mm. But I'm not even, I'm not even in the room. Yeah. And right. it happens all the time. Like my, anyone that knows me mm-hmm. will be like, where the fuck is he? Where has he been? Yeah. yeah. And back. so that's where I'll use weed at night mm. because it's the only thing that I've found mm-hmm. that will let me be in the room mm-hmm. in so many situations. And you know what is like the podcast thing as well mm. is something that like I get locked Focuses. into. Yeah. And then it's the same with jujitsu. Mm-hmm. I get locked in. Mm-hmm. I'm there. Mm-hmm. And that's something I crave so much mm-hmm. is just to be able to be there. Mm-hmm. And that's why like I've, I've tried some, you know, meditation and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I just can't fucking can't do, do it. it, bro. Yeah, some people can't, I reckon. And it's... I bet I could yeah. if I worked harder at it. Yeah. But it feels so far away. Mm. Like do you drop or do you smoke it? Smoke. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's, you know, and the culture now is starting to become more open to that type of medication, um, you know, with the legalization in other countries. Um, and the point now where, you know, we can get it here, you know, and it almost can be prescribed here. There's certainly companies in Australia now that are making inroads into that medicinal component. Yeah, Australia is certainly more uh, ruthless with their how they will prescribe it. It'll be through a GP, really. Yeah. I think that's yeah. the way it'll come through. And you leave anything up to doctors to do. It's going to take ten years too long, you know. Yeah. And so, which is why I think it needs to be back in the hands of the consumers, which is that underground market that we're currently living in. You know, well, that I mean, that's the problem with all drugs, really. Mm is that it's so regulated mm. people want them mm. and they have to go through underground sources mm. to get it and it's like there's no quality control mm. there's no dosage control there's no like it's the wild wild west mm. yeah, and then, no education and there no for sure mm. and then there's a supply and demand thing mm. to where it's like the people that have the supply mm. you know they're in control of this entire illicit mm. you know they, it's so I mean I've fucking spoken on it so mm. many times like you want to stop the mm. drug cartels you want mm. to stop so many of these problems it's like you stop giving billions mm. and billions and billions of dollars to mm. criminal organizations mm. like that's really what it is mm. you know you're not going to stop you're not going to stop the people that want to do the thing mm. so you're just not going to stop them just handing over cash to people that are it's like that bullshit the new south wales government and then the pill testing and like you know they're not they're not bringing in pill testing to festivals you know they're going to try and cut people off and bringing them in you, like you've tried that for fucking heaps of years and you can't do it I know. people are going to take it so make it safe that, that that's oh no the, i'm just going to let people die still that's my motto i'm just going to let people die you fucking idiots you that's know? what like, blows my mind is like just the it's it's so multi-layered though because like you think about a politician it's like don't want to 
<laughs> yeah, agreed. <laughs> but it's like their thing is just to get elected again. Yeah, that's right. It's like job security. Yeah, that's like right. what they're scared. Like we're giving these people jobs. Essentially, they make money off it. Mm. They they have a job that they do mm. in air to quotes. get elected. But yeah, it's like, and then what they've got to do is they've got to keep a party happy. There's all, there's like all these hats that they're wearing. So it's Mm. like, you want to go out and actually speak common sense Mm. and tell people like that these laws are ridiculous and they're not working. Mm. Like that's probably a massive risk Mm. that you're not really willing to take Mm. to risk your family's, you know, income and this and that. And then you think about the way that they grew up if you want to be a politician and you make it to the point where you're a politician, you've probably lived a super fucking boring life. You've never done drugs. Mm. And like the amount of people that could speak on, like let's say pill testing at Mm. at a festival. It's like, okay, have you ever watched Rufus DeSoul while you were high on MDMA? Mm. Best fucking thing you'll ever do (laughs) in your entire life. And you want to tell me that's bad, but you've never done it? Yeah. So... Mm. You know, it's like the the way the people that are making the laws, and Got no idea. Have, they've mm. never fucking even mm. dabbed a toe. They might drink wine with. How is Tony or, Abbott the like the minister for women or the minister for Indigenous Affairs? You mm. know, like it's just that just is like the the problem right there. You know, like you've got no connection to any of that. Yeah, and you're in control of it. You well, know? that's where I think that that the whole system for me, like I'm a massive proponent of direct democracy. Mm. Like, why the fuck mm. do I need a representative? I can literally tweet you. Mm. I don't... That takes me one second for my tweet to get from here to Tony Abbott or mm. whoever. You, and if he checks it, he can see it. Mm. Like, I don't need that. Or how about I just text a vote? I don't need the Senate to vote on this. Mm. And I think that if we can... that with the, the argument against direct democracy... Mm. So, like, my idea would be we've got an app on a phone, mm. right? And then that app has uh regions so you could literally just go gold coast Mm -hmm. what what's in parliament going through the gold coast right now Mm -hmm. and the perfect example is this fight for the bite thing yeah yeah that we're seeing right Mm -hmm. so we've got to do these paddle outs and we've got to get media coverage and instagram to try and influence these politicians Mm -hmm. that could be bought Mm -hmm. are being bought are being bought yeah and then all we're trying to do is influence. We don't have a direct say. There's no referendum mm. and we can't even force a referendum. That mm. referendum would have to come from the prime minister. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we really, like, we don't have a say. Mm. We we can try and influence people, but influence can be bought and sold. Yeah. And beautiful paddle outs and splashing water in the air and having a fucking drone film it mm. is like all fine and dandy, but mm. it's like, what does it, it doesn't actually do anything. Mm-hmm. But if, we have an app on our phone and then we go, all right, I want to vote on this fight for the bite thing. Mm-hmm. So then you, you go in, you go to Victoria or whatever the area that it would be. And then you go, yep, this is this drilling thing. Boom. I'm going to go in. I want to vote. Okay. You can't just vote straight away. Yeah. This is what you have to do. This is the reading material yeah. that you have to go through. This is a for side. This is an against side. This mm-hmm. can be compiled by whoever you mm-hmm. want. You do your research, mm. then there is going to be three questions that you have to vote that you have to get two of them right at least, yep. and then you're allowed to cast a vote. Yeah. So this puts this onus on the individual who can have a say if they do the reading. Yep. So now you go to like gay marriage. Mm. We had a referendum for mm. that. Why have a referendum? Mm. Just put it on the phone, mm. and if people actually give a fuck mm. to vote 
they will go in mm. and they'll read the for and against. Mm. And you have to read both. You mm. can't just go, well, I'm for gay marriage, so I won't mm. read the against. Because there probably is some good arguments mm. on that side. Yeah. But it's like you're not getting presented those arguments if you're following... That's you know, right. you, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, you, if your Twitter feed's going to be all pro, your and you don't, you won't get shown the reasonable arguments. The algorithms aren't going to give you. It's an important point, I think. Exactly, yeah. and so let's make people read both mm-hmm. of these arguments, and then let's go to the app. Once mm-hmm. you've read it, and you can answer questions for and against, you've got to answer questions about the side you don't believe in to show that you've read it, yeah. and then you can have a vote, mm-hmm. and then like. Uh, a great issue that I always talk about is the crocodile issue in um, North Queensland. That's yep. where I'm from. Yep. I, f- I fucking know about that. Yeah. I grew up in a time where you could swim at all of these places. And that's all I did as a kid. We were in swimming holes, rope swings, mud where slides in cans. Okay. So that's all we did. And I know over 30 years, I know that I could swim here, 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 here and here. Yep. No problem. Never saw a crocodile there. I go back to Cairns now and all I get told from all my friends is, oi, don't go there, don't go there, don't go there, don't go there, don't go there. And it's like, they're people that live there every day. Now, the other day I see Bindi Irwin tweeted or posted a thing on Instagram saying, uh, you've got to stop this cull on crocodiles. Stop this proposed. It's like, you don't fucking know. Mm, yeah. Like, I love what you're trying to do mm. and I can sympathize that you love crocodiles. Your dad mm. was a crocodile hunter. But we don't have a crocodile shortage. Mm. We've got a crocodile problem. Mm. We've got a problem that in all of these freshwater areas where there used to be no crocodiles, there is now a lot of crocodiles. And they happen to bite people. And they fuck people (laughs) up. (laughs) So fuck them off out of the swimming holes. And we don't, but we don't need that many crocodiles. And the problem is, is that it's bad for them Mm. because now you're seeing all of these. We're not tasty. (laughs) (laughs) but you're seeing all of these crocodiles in places where they really don't want to be they don't want to be in these freshwater swimming holes that don't Mm. don't really have a lot of fish Mm. like the population has gone too much Mm. so now like crocodiles can't self-regulate so it's like we have intervened in some way Mm. shape or form so it's like the burden is on us to do the research manage the populations like you're not seeing the big crocs Mm. as much as you used to Mm. because there's just too many mouths to feed so it's like they're evolving away from what they even were, which mm. is bad. I would argue that's bad. So it's like you get rid of them to the point where it's a healthy population. It's the same with all conservation. But are you getting rid of them? Is that like masking the problem? You know, is that... Well, it, the problem is that is that they're allowed... To, there's no natural predators. Mm-hmm. So anytime you get a apex predator that has no natural mm-hmm. predators, then like... And they're protected then you just get this constant growth. But like that growth component is a result of something we've done, right? Whether it's climate change, whether it's over farming fish or taking whatever it is, you know, and then by removing them, like I'm just going on the... Yeah, devil's advocate. um, By removing the result, are we masking the problem? Well, I just think that then they don't have natural predators and it's like it's over time is you're just seeing more and more of them. Mm -hmm. Like the thing that used to kill them would be like aboriginal Mm -hmm. populations that would eat them things like that Mm -hmm. and it just doesn't like aboriginals are still allowed to hunt x amount because Mm -hmm. it's like their kind of traditional thing but there's just not that many aboriginal communities that are doing it anymore Mm -hmm. so there is no predator 
So the problem is, is anytime you get that, then the ecosystem will start to then level itself out because they'll get sick. Yeah. They won't be enough uh, space for them to breed. There'll be too much competition. They they kill each other when they do get in. Like they're supposed to have these big territories yeah. and now they're getting smaller territories. That's why you're seeing these crocodiles that go up into these like different areas mm. where they've never been before. Mm. It's like they don't really want to be there. Mm. There's no, first of all, there's no, no salt water. Mm not big fish sort of mm. around there so mm. and it's just a more to i guess to the point is like mm. that's a an issue for like north queensland mm. and people that live there know about that issue they should vote on it and exactly mm. so but it's like and you know you get bindi Earl and it's mm. like okay cool respect that mm. you're talking about this issue mm. but you don't live there mm. and it's not like you have to live there to have an opinion but if there's the direct democracy kind of model mm. and then you go this is the for this is the against mm. now be educated on it yep. and make a decision and at the end of the day like as shitty as it may seem if i was i voted for gay marriage mm -hmm. totally fine with it i'm not religious i don't have any connection to the uh wed you know marriage between a man and a mm. wife being sacred mm. i think it's love that is mm. sacred mm -hmm then that should be what the marriage is based on. Mm. But at the same time, if enough people disagree with me, mm. that's also okay too. Yeah. Because then it would be up to me to take the burden of like, I'll educate these people as best I can. And mm. if I can't change the mind of mm. every, like of the majority, then maybe I'm wrong. Mm. Well, it's, it's okay to be wrong. And exactly, you know, like, you know, this is how I think. Well, so it's different to you that's okay you know like i think that's something that's missing a lot in today's narrative as well is like you know i don't necessarily have to agree with you it doesn't mean i'm like a bad person if i disagree yeah. with you you know i might be offended by something you say but that's also okay you know like i'm allowed to be offended by you know your right to you know if if you voted no for gay marriage you know that's actually, cool that's cool okay yeah. like that's you have your certain rules it's probably driven from religious things um and we know what's happening with regards to that space but that's okay you know like you're allowed to have that opinion it's not affecting me and it's not hurting me even if it was hurting me like that could be okay as well I'm, i could be gay and be really offended by that but you're allowed your opinion you know and i think that's probably something that we you know and it's all out there you know getting easily offended these days yeah. you know and and it stops that important debates that we're allowed to have like yeah. like we're talking about now which again is probably a reason why these types of um, podcasts are so popular because it allows us to swear a little bit allows us to have our opinion a little bit more and people listening are like okay well okay this allow i can have a talk to my friend who yeah on this space where it might be offensive or it might create uh hostility but that's also okay you know it's um it's important to go through those emotions you know i think it's weird the offended thing like I, i've i've done a bit of research into it mm. because i really was i want to know like why what are, what is the basis of being offended and is it is it okay to offend someone is it not but with everything that I looked into, I almost believe now that being offended is a choice you make in a way because, I mean, it's not like, fuck, I'm not, it's not a fully formed kind of opinion mm. or idea yet, but mm. it's like, if you can have two women that come from the same economic background, that mm. lived in the same town their whole lives and bitch is offensive to one, mm. but completely okay to the other, then it's like, 
is isn't What's it just completely on? subjective at this point of like what you choose to be offended by? That's a good point. I think it's like particularly around vocabulary and the use mm. of it and certain words. You know, some words come with with stigma and, and you used to be able to say it and some people can say it. You know, the N-word is a good example. You know, like some people can say it and then it used to be okay to say, but now it's not okay to say because of its history. And I understand that, you know, and I make a choice to not fuel that by not saying that word. Yeah. You know? um, like, I remember growing up and like that's gay you know like saying dude that a lot. I still you know? say that yeah. shit and, and, and I've got to pull myself up and like like and then you make a certain decision okay am I going to say that word um, you know who do you hang around who are the people you're around at that certain time and if you continually say that and then you're around you in the circus was a great example like lots of homosexuals in in, in, in the circus environment Australian, like larrikin and yeah. laughing and carrying on. Yeah, you know, I had to pull myself up a, a number drinks. of times. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, and, but was I really offending anyone? I don't know, but I made a certain choice to, to stop that vocabulary as much as I could, you know. Um, and, like, was I, like, offend? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, I think it's a personal opinion, you know, yeah. like, are you. That's what I mean. It's like a choice. Yeah. Like, you can choose to be offended by it mm. and then feel the feelings that Mm. come with being offended and Mm. be angry and be blah 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 Mm. or you can water off a duck's back approach like Mm. i think there is a certain level that you can i guess choose the reaction and choose how offended you get by something and i think like the biggest thing and i try and tell this to anybody that this kind of style of conversation comes up with it's intent Mm intent is the thing 100% if you say to some you can say the fucking worst thing to somebody yeah and it's not offensive Mm. you know it's not like you can call your friend a dumb cunt yeah like fuck you're a dumb cunt yeah Yeah. there's no intent behind that if you know that person and you're clear on the intent Mm -hmm. there is no like you can be so easily not offended by that Mm. And, but then you could literally go after someone and say that exact same thing, the way that you say it, mm. the f- look on your face, like mm. intent is something that c- is very obvious. Yeah. And now there's sometimes that people can be very uh, like deceptive about their mm. intent or very um, like passive aggressive. But mm. then that's something that the individual has to navigate with. Mm. But I always think, like the N-word is a perfect example, mm. right? So if you watch, um, you know, ASAP Rocky. Yep. yep. He's one of my favorite artists, mm. right? And he literally has this thing on, uh, it's like in a Vice doco, mm. where he starts calling all these white people mm. N-words. Yeah, right. He's like, he's that, he's that, yeah. he's that. And he's like, he's, he's almost says it's like something to be proud of mm. because it's like, you know, that was that origin of the word but like look at the power i've taken back look yeah. at the way i use it mm. you know there's i got white boys around me that are the blackest blackest mm. white boys i've ever seen yeah and it's like it's to him it's like not this offensive thing mm. at all but i'm sure you could call him that in a mm. with the intent of using that word to be super harmful absolutely so it's it's such like a i think that what people need to look at is like what's the intent is he calling me a mm. shit cunt in with mm. the intent of hurting my feelings mm-hmm. or is it a laughing, passable, innocent thing where there's no harmful intent? But that's that's a problem. And then it becomes subjective and then that opens the space because, I mean, look at like but the Roseanne situation. it's always subjective. You know? Like that's where is being offended a choice? Yeah. Because if, if you've got two people next to each other mm-hmm. that are, uh, one's offended, one's not by the exact same thing and they've had quite similar experiences in life, then mm-hmm. it's subjective. So like, can you then, 
is it your responsibility to mold yourself to try and play to a crowd that is subjective and you have no idea about these people's individual responses or so should it be on you to play to that crowd where you don't know who has what upbringing who is going to be offended by what or is it up to that person that is going to be offended or not offended to then mitigate those feelings and deal with those feelings on their end who's who where does the responsibility lie it certainly feels like it's lying more in the first case scenario i think so too but i I think that's wrong that's right it's like then you've got to restrict yourself um and being a podcast and in producing yourself then there is no rules yeah but if you're there sort of is like i got an ad i i literally was going to do my first ever ad on youtube like to make one of our videos a suggested video and it got knocked back and they just said because I said fuck three yeah. times in it yeah in the segment and, and I'm like that's that is control like yeah, they're literally right. saying you yeah. cannot because this could offend somebody yeah and then look at like that Roseanne situation where Crazy, you know yeah. like what happened to her because of what she said you know whether it was the right thing or the wrong thing to say again look at the intent behind what she said and was there intent in that space maybe it's questionable you know and what happened to you know her future and her ability to make money and to influence people and to be the person she is you know she's crazy she's fucking a nutcase and she was on these drugs and crazy drugs she said some fucked up shit you know came back the next day and tried like, to yeah sorry guys, sorry, guys yeah. I fucked up alright like don't need to pull her over the coals for it maybe you do maybe you don't I don't know but that's a good example of where the yeah, intent lies sure. she said it and made people offended by it and it's up to her not to say that. Yeah, and know? and though, like, when is an apology... Like, if I say to somebody, hey, man, I'm fucking sorry, I really did not think that mm. me saying that was going to offend you. Mm. Is there, like, a, what weight does an apology hold now? Because you look at, like, Roseanne, they mm. cancelled her show, like, a lot of people lost their jobs, mm. all this shit happened. So she said sorry, but you still choose to then punish her and it's like it what it's not a crime mm. so like she didn't do anything illegal so that's what's kind of weird about it is like you got like the legal system mm. and then if you break a crime there's like a there's a punishment that is associated to that crime you get two years you get whatever and then you're out and then you're not a criminal anymore you're not mm. guilty you've done your time but what's weird in culture now is she says sorry i didn't mean anything by it she didn't break a crime mm. But she is then treated like a criminal. Everything's taken off the air. There's no Mm. sentence. There's no, we'll forgive you in two years because you did this right. Mm. That's just this open-ended, blacklisted from society now. Mm. And that... Well, who knows? She might be able to sneak back in. People always Mm. do. Mm. But it's like, it's that's a weird thing even in itself, right? It's like society just chooses to hold like there's no two year like if you say the n-word on a live tv then it's six months later six months yeah you're allowed but there's none Mm. of that anymore and like the um who did you see the weatherman that said um martin luther king yeah but i think he said martin luther coon oh really yeah did you you didn't see see that that. yeah so this weatherman he just he got tongue twisted yeah and he was just like Martin Luther King, King yeah. fucked. Really? Gone. It was like national news. He's fucked. They they clipped him. And look he at, just... Look at Flower. Like that's an interesting discussion Well, I haven't as well. looked into that. What? Fill me in on that. I've seen it happen, but I haven't like read into well, it. Well, just because he's religious Super views, religious, right? Yeah, super religious and is essentially saying gay people and adulterers and all these stuff will burn in hell, you know, because of the choices you make essentially. So that's his religious view. 
Um, so then does the, does the weight lie with him not to express his opinion to his audience because of his religious views? Or does the weight lie with the person who knows that he is religiously crazy and not to take his whatever he's saying as fucking gospel, gospel you yeah. know? But then his audience is probably a lot of young rugby people who probably don't have the ability to decipher what he's saying. Yeah. And that's where the problem lies because of his, the platforms that are available yeah. to us now there needs to be some sort of regulation because of its reach, you know, because mm. you could be influenced and you're a young person and oh, gays are home, they're, they're wrong, you know, being gay is wrong and then you bully someone in school because of Folau's tweet, you know, that's where some that whole soup gets mixed up, I think. Yeah. Um, where but I think at that point it's like you're just trying to play God. That's right. But it, and I don't think that's a smart, like I don't think that's ever worked out mm, ever, you so know. So just let it happen. I, but I think like the root of what will solve these problems is education. Mm. And I think about like, <laughs> I'm super, I'm probably too pragmatic at mm-hmm. times, but say if I have an argument with somebody, I'll say, okay, dude, change my mind. Mm. If you can present enough to me mm-hmm. where you can change my mind, like that's an argument one. To me, mm-hmm. that's what an argument is, yeah. is like, here's this evidence on my side. And then you go, well, here's this evidence on my side. It's either going to be a stalemate because two people... I I think like there's a a bigger blanket problem is that whenever people have ideas or ideologies that they connect themselves with, Mm -hmm. they cannot be wrong. That's right. So religion, Mm. veganism, Mm. CrossFit, Mm. jiu-jitsu, fucking swimming, Mm. rugby league, gay, Mm. straight, alpha male beta male Mm -hmm. like there are so many blankets Mm -hmm. in terms that you can put on people and and things that people uh that become a part of themselves i'm Mm -hmm. a young republican Mm -hmm. i'm a chair of yeah you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i'm this thing Mm -hmm. and when that thing is an idea that idea can't be challenged because then it challenges you as a person Mm -hmm. and then um your girlfriend's in that or whatever mm. it's like this is like your little world mm. and it's like uh you know jujitsu something comes along and they're like well jujitsu's fucking shit mm. all these people are like well mm. i've dedicated my life to this mm-hmm. and now you want to tell me that jujitsu's shit mm-hmm. then it's like that challenges like th- let's go motherfucker let's try it out <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's it's like that is a part of you yeah you know you've attached yourself to them mm. or being vegan or being whatever mm. whatever it is so then it's like there is no changing of minds at that point because uh, it's a very hard thing to change somebody's mind that's that ingrained in it if it's become a part of themselves. I think the real thing that we need to do is to like, it's sort of like what you're saying with the meditation stuff. Mm. It's like, you're not your feelings. Mm. You're not your ideas. You're mm. you. You're like this mm-hmm. this stream of consciousness yeah. that you're open to change. Like, that's right. I don't think a lot of people have that i think that they are so attached to whatever it is yeah tribalism yeah Yeah. exactly and i think that that so it's like to me it's like i just think israel falau is an idiot for Mm. saying that and i'm like well he's wrong Mm. but and then it's like to what you're saying is like he's got these young kids that look up to him Mm. but it's like do you punish that person for saying like he believes in that Mm. he's I don't think that his intent is to be an asshole to people. It's like he just genuinely mm. believes that. It's mm. like 
all right, you might not be able to educate him to mm. think otherwise, but it's like, then do you just try and educate the other people that influence? I, I don't know. Like it but is, there's, there's it a big is spectrum hard. there. It's like, look, let's take that example of jujitsu and religion. All right. So, you know, jujitsu shit, you know, it's not the great ground fighting aspect. I'd rather do fucking judo or something. All yeah. right. Let's put a judo and a, and a jujitsu person in a ring and let's have a look. Let's do five fights, five different people. You can have a look at the result of that and then you can make a decision on it. Right. Jujitsu versus ju- judo. Yeah. Right? then try and do that with religion try and put religion in a ring against something right yeah you can't put it in the ring but to the jujitsu and the judo thing if i was one of those people that's like no jujitsu is better yeah and then they're like well let's put five and then i'd go why does it fucking matter Mm. because i'm not jujitsu yeah you know and that's i guess that's the point is like people have the attitude of like Mm. well let's put this against this yeah and then it's like let's clash see who Mm. comes out on top but in my mind I'm like, well, I'm not jiu-jitsu. Mm. I don't give a fuck. I just, yeah. I like to do it. This mm. is a thing I do, but I, if I challenged not, it, you would be defending it? You know, to a point. Yeah. I, I would challenge it to a point to where I'd go, this is just now a silly person. Yeah. That doesn't want to, that doesn't want to, yeah. and doesn't want to listen to me. Mm-hmm. And then to me, I would be like, well, I don't want to argue with a silly person. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know, is that a weird perspective or is that a perspective no. that's not shared, you know? No, I just think it's that attitude that we have, like that stream yeah. of consciousness. And I don't necessarily, like the way I work in the breath stuff, like I know that, um, you know, there's many different ways to do it. I don't have a perfect technique. I know yeah. there's other practitioners that are better than me. I don't have an ego that I need to compete with someone about. Your identity is, as Fletcher is not... Is not the breathing Is guy, not like know? attached. And I think that it's like that to me is more the problem than yeah okay. than you know that like him saying that mm. is now it's like a problem of like what people do with that information mm-hmm. it's like because then the the problem with censorship is like where does it stop yeah and when does it like you follow much of jordan peterson stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. like that he makes sense mm. Because it's like, okay, let's take this word off the table. Mm. Now let's take this word off. Let's take this. Mm. Okay, what words are left? Mm. And then it's like... I love the word cunt. I fucking love it, <laughs> love it all the time. Use it that's all my favourite word. And I, I try to say it more often to decriminalise it because of its attachment to the, the female thing. Yeah. Um, but I love it, the word, you know, and it's offensive sometimes. And I, it slips out of my mouth. And people like, especially when you're in America, like, it's yeah, like, yeah. what the f- you're not allowed to say that, man. You know, I'm like, yeah, but I like saying it. Yeah, it feels good. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking cunt, you know? Like. I think about like, so I've got comments recently on the podcast of like, oh, I would love this, but you swear a lot and mm. there's kids watching or mm. kids like Chad Ritt. And I'm like, mm. fuck, bro. Mm. How is this kid? Does he stay 12 forever? Mm. Mm. Is he always going to be 12 and not allowed to swear? Mm. Or is there some point where he's going to be 17 and he's going to go, mom you're a fucking cunt mm. i want to go out and party with my friend mm. that's probably gonna happen yeah so like what are you shielding this mm. kid from you know to expose him to an intelligent conversation where a guy uses those words as a, a way to bring something to the front or to push something away like that's the jordan peterson argument is those you take words away and then what are you left with you know and how do you communicate then yeah and how like who decides Mm. and then what's to say that that guy doesn't have an agenda Mm. that i don't agree with Mm. and so it's like i just think there should be more onus on the individual to like deal with the feeling of being offended Mm. why are you 
offended. I think I agree with you. And then, you know, then it's, and it, it's that argument of like, if you wanted to say to me, judo is better than jujitsu, mm. like change my mind. Mm. And if you change my mind, then you've educated me to the point where I now agree with you. Mm. There's, there's like, I think there's like a few scenarios where it's like that could happen mm. or you could give me like with breathing. If mm. I come in and wanted to tell you about breathing, mm. you're going to know more. Mm. My argument would be shit. I would never change. You know mm. what I mean? I wouldn't be able to change my, I just don't know enough. Mm. So there's going to be a point in that conversation where you're going to be like, okay, this dude actually doesn't know what he's talking about. Mm. So there's like that happens or there's that stalemate where two people's egos are so involved that like no one wins or you just can't bring enough information to change mm-hmm. someone's mind. And like that gay marriage thing is like a perfect example, right? Mm. So we went, we did that Vietnam trip yeah. and um, the there were guys and, and I was talking to them about that whole like, the, the gay marriage thing come up mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, I voted against mm. the gay marriage thing. And I was like, oh, why? Mm. And then he's like, oh, did you vote for? And I was like, yeah, fuck knows. Mm. And he's like, oh, well, you know, it's between a man and a woman. And I'm mm. like, oh, that's fair. Mm. And I was like, but there's problems there because say you've got two dudes mm. that have been together for 15 years. They're mm. essentially a married couple, but mm. they can't get joint insurances. Mm. The power of attorney stuff is wishy-washy. Mm. The getting home loans together, like all of this functional stuff that you and your wife can do together, mm-hmm. uh, having kids, mm-hmm. or there's like a lot of this stuff that you take for granted mm-hmm. as a straight man in a straight marriage mm-hmm. that are problems you don't know exist because you've never had to deal with them. Mm-hmm. So then you go to this gay couple that they don't have, they don't have joint insurances. They don't have the even visitation sort of stuff at hospitals. It's like, a hospital's probably not going to kick you out, mm. but disadvantaged. It's it's de- there's definitely a that's a conversation that you have to have. Like, oh yeah, well we're not related. He's not my husband, but we've been together. But mm. that's a conversation. So mm. that is a thing that they have to deal with. Mm. So it's like you know, then you present all of those facts to somebody, and mm. these boys fully change their mind, mm. and they're like, ah oh, fuck, I probably would have voted the other way. Yeah, and it's just that was education. Mm. There's no argument coming from me of like you fucking bigot cunt mm. fucking what do you got against gays but yeah. like that's not the tact I, I was fine with i totally like my dad voted mm. against it and i had the same conversations with him and he still was like i am married to your mum. we've been married 30 years and that's what i believe and i'm like fuck cool mm. I, I couldn't change his mind mm. that's fine but at least you had like objective things to talk about you know like yeah. this this is a problem this is a problem it's a problem here's some positives and negatives you know i think what I was trying to say before around religion is it's it's just an ambiguous component, you know, like yeah. who wrote down those rules, you know, and do you believe that someone flew on a winged horse to the sun and did you believe that he walked through the... the yeah, I do. Show me the evidence. Yeah. You know, we can we can do evidence but jiu-jitsu versus judo. We can do evidence gay marriage, the positives and negatives. Yeah, yeah. Like, whereas Israel Folau's comments, like, he's just a dickhead. Like, yeah. Full stop. You know, like he can, he should be able to say what he's about to say because you try and argue against religion, and it's just a belief. Yeah. You know, there's no like objective measures around that. Which I don't know. For me, it feels like that that uh, that religious component is certainly on its way out. I think know? so too. Um, that's one of those problems of our time mm, thing. That's where, it. That's right. Yeah, like we're just we could be in I mean no we fucking won't be mm. but I feel like we're in a religious renaissance where it's now we're becoming more connected to like spirituality than mm. 
gods. And right. that was one of the most interesting things with this book that I've been reading. It's called mm-hmm. Sapiens. Okay. Um, well, I never really had like a grasp on where religion started. Mm-hmm. So religion would really start as like uh, in the small tribes that you're at. You They weren't a lot of nomadic tribes. Mm-hmm. A lot of religion came from tribes that stayed in fairly sort of close proximity to you know they had like a settlement Mm -hmm. they would worship this rock Mm -hmm. that rock would be the rock that provided this and then they'd worship this tree and then they'd worship this stream and it was very similar with the like aboriginal australians they would uh the rainbow serpent would Mm -hmm. be the the river and Mm -hmm. then they would have all of these significant sites that were different or special and they would worship those particular things so then you'd go from that to then you'd get these nomadic tribes that would start covering all of these grounds and they needed certain things. So they needed rain, they needed, you know, fertility. That So they were like these umbrella things. So then they'd sort of start looking to the stars for those. Mm. And then that you go to like the uh, ancient Greek times and then you've got Zeus and you've got all of these different gods that were responsible for all of these things. And what I thought was crazy in this book is the way they detailed the shift between these polylithic religions and then monolithic religions. Mm. And imagine living in Athens when at the height of the gods' powers and winning all these wars, conquering all these lands, and telling somebody in ancient Greece that you will no longer worship Zeus. Hmm. You will worship one god, and he'll be the god of everything. Mm -hmm. That would have been fucking crazy to somebody that was living in that time. Hmm. You would have just been like bro you're off your fucking head mm. there's no i there's no way that will ever happen yeah that's what's happened yeah and then now i think there's that same shift that is slowly ha- you know that happened mm. over hundreds and hundreds of yeah. years no one person can live mm. through that entire shift yeah. there might be people that live at the end of it that get to see the cycle sort of completed yeah but now i think we're seeing that same where it's like it's slowly phasing out it's going to take hundreds of years mm. And it's like, but when, you know, when does that happen? Mm. And I always think about like, I want to be here when the aliens come mm. because it's like, that would be the thing that would be like, all right, well, what, we've got to think Change of something it, yeah. else. Something else is changing. This story yeah. doesn't work yeah. anymore. Yeah. But it's like with, you know, without that happening, mm. it's just got to be this slow over hundreds, mm. you know, 2000 mm. years now mm. of even mm. more mm. so it's like it's just this slow phasing out of of that thing but like you said i think it's happening yeah it, it, and i've only recently had conversations around religion with someone close to me and and it's importance in their life you know and i i saw it in my life and i didn't really have a a, a need for it you know mm. it wasn't there but for some people that religious component is something that offers them hope and like Zeus did it, it probably won a lot of wars for people because they had something they high had to hope. believe yep. in and it yep. drove them to this place which is why religion exists you know um, it does provide hope or, or a north star for someone or that purpose we were talking about earlier and mm. I think it's that spirituality component and having the purpose with inside our each individual rather than having a, someone giving it to you is the shift that we're starting to see and maybe religion's starting to die down a little bit and spirituality is is improving or increasing its awareness for the, their individuals you know mm. and that is a beautiful shift i feel like it's then no one is in control except the individual yeah you know? and then your purpose is derived from within and then that's a beautiful thing you know that's something that you have total control over and you don't need to behave a certain way or, or conform to certain rules or regulations you can just listen to yourself and that's yeah. the beauty of being a human being it's like 
I love working with the circus. I absolutely loved just having a Russian there and then a Ukrainian and then a Chinese yeah. person. And, you know, I was, we were at a festival, we were at the blues festival on the weekend and I pointed out to someone, I'm like, it's just full of fucking white people. Like look around. Like yeah. we're so, uh, we don't have a lot of diversity in Australia, you know, I feel like culturally yeah. you know, we are, but, um, but it's know, very segregated still. Yeah. Like um, you'll have this patch that's here, this patch that's here, the white people go here. Yeah. Yeah. Which and, is and, true. Yeah. And, and I, you know, going to America is a great example. Like it's just, it's just a melting pot, you know, and and I'm, that was the circus as well. It was just, it was beautiful, and and that's a really good story. Being a human being, you know, that's why we have, you know, why life is so beautiful is because of that individuality. And and I think if you look within and you have the ability to express it, and you're not mm. cut off, or you have the ability to tweet something that you feel, that's that's part of humanity. It's um, as long as you're not creating hate speech, which is the. But even that shit, I think, is mm, important, bro. Mm. Like when the Christchurch thing happened mm. and they were like, don't read his dossier, don't read mm. this. It's like, I did read mm. his dossier mm. and I got three pages in and mm. I was like, oh, this dude is fucked up. Fucked up. Yeah. And yeah. it's again, it's compassion. Mm. I have compassion for Israel Folau. Mm. If you're so narrow minded mm. that you have to, um, that you hold those values. Like mm. I don't, I'm on the other side of that. Mm. I'm on the, He's in this circle. I'm mm. in a bit of a bigger circle. Mm. And there's stuff that I'm probably fucking Israel Folau about. Yeah, yeah. And then there's probably people that are on an even bigger circle. Mm. But it's like, I have to have compassion for him mm. in the same way that I hope that when I'm on some fucked up shit, mm. that somebody that knows more than me mm. will have compassion for me mm. and treat me with compassion and not with hatred. Mm. I don't I don't have like an animosity towards him for saying that. Mm. I just feel sorry for him that mm. he's he that's... a little circle that he's, he's stuck in circle. you know yeah, that's right yeah. and it's like again i just think yeah you just you have to have compassion for those mm-hmm. people and be understanding of why that mm-hmm. is wrong mm-hmm. and that like when i read that dossier from the christchurch killer what was it about to, he just wants white people to survive that's okay. it yeah, like right. that's like the in a nutshell so he was saying by like by 2100 the population of pure white blah 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 will be um, basically non-existent and it's like bro we're all fucking each other we will all be some kind of tan weirdness so where did he get that information from well that is happening that's like, what, that's the component which is a challenge you know is you have to try and stop or prevent the, that type of messaging getting into those fucked up people's heads because mm-hmm. they're the people that will act on it you will read it and you'll go, this guy's a fucking yes. idiot. Yeah. We'll see Falau's tweet and we'll go, what a fucking dick, you know? Yeah. Whereas someone else might go, oh, actually, you know. Yeah, he's like, got a point. Yeah, and and trigger that action. But that's such but, a fine dance. It's like there's it? no control over that, Yeah, you know, and there's nothing to stop anyone putting... The, the problem is, is like the reach that people have now. Mm. Like this is a new problem mm. is that like you're Bindi. right. Like what's that? <laughs> like Bindi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, like that's the problem. And yeah. like, but see, to me, that's the same as the Israel Folau thing. Yeah, that's right. It's just not shocking and mm. and, and uh, kind of marginalizing a group of people. Mm. But that's it's the same thing. Like she's super uneducated mm. on that thing. And mm. to me, what I my response to it isn't mm. to like hate her or say she should mm. be deplatformed or whatever. Mm. My response is like, I'll use my platform mm. to say this is why she's wrong. Mm. And like, fuck, change my mind. Mm. I could be Israel Folau on that mm. thing, 
But like from my experience and the people I know and from living there, like that's what I know to be true. And it's like, I'll just tell people that. I don't want it to be deplatformed. Like it's crazy because you just, then you, it's the next person. Mm. It's the next, like. Maybe we just come up with something. Oh, you allowed that. That, oh, yeah, that's just like full Israel out yeah, there. Are you going Israel out right now? <laughs> yeah. Are you on it? But I mean, that's sort of what it is, right? Yeah. Is it's like that's just you're in this small sort of thing. But like with the Christchurch thing, it, it's like education should be the thing, mm. and like you calmly educating people and mm. giving them enough. And again, it's like that argument argument thing. It's like change my mind mm. because to me it's like there's so much evidence as like why it shouldn't even fucking matter like mm. you can tell people like the only reason we have white people mm. is because black people walked from africa mm. to europe mm. and it's super cold in europe mm. and if your skin is black in europe and you don't have heating and uv lighting and fucking all the shit that modern people have now then you'll die mm. because there's clouds in the sky all the time it's super cold and that black that black skin mm. won't fucking work for you there. Yeah, right. So you get white skin. Mm. That's why there's white people. Mm. There's no... And to me, it's like, if you can sign, like break that down, like give people evidence, like mm. that it wasn't like white people were born as like one thing and black mm. people, like there was humans and then they spread all over the planet mm. into all these different regions and over thousands and thousands of years, they changed to where they are. They're the same mm. fucking thing. Yeah. We're all the same thing. Yeah. So it's like, that is to me i read that christchurch thing of like oh the white people it's like what are you holding on to here yeah like do we need people to be white Mm -hmm. i don't need people to be Mm -hmm. white like i don't give a fuck because Mm -hmm. if you were black you'd feel a completely different way yeah you know it's it's like your identity is wrapped up into this thing of being white it's like here's some evidence Mm -hmm. that it only happened because these people walked from here to here Mm -hmm. and it's like that's you know and then mm. you can build on that you mm. can build on different arguments but it's like educate those people mm. because i know that stuff mm. so to me when i read someone say that in by 2100 there'll be no white people mm. i'm like i don't give a fuck mm. it's probably not right anyway but i mean well at one like if you think that the world keeps going with multiculturalism mm. white people breeding with black people like that sounds fucking weird mm. but you know you get an asian mm. guy with a, a black you know blah mm. blah blah um, you've got Arabic, Spanish, Portuguese. Like yeah. at some point, if you just like extrapolate that out mm. to like whatever, a hundred years, a thousand years, 10,000 years, mm. they won't, unless you do segregate a certain parts of the community, like we do with zoos mm. and you're like, let's keep, let's go Noah's Ark on this shit yeah. and keep two of everybody. Yeah. Then it's like, it will go away, mm. but like, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter. Like, I don't know. I don't. I don't really agree with that. I think. Yeah. Like, okay. Ah. Oh, well. Do you think are, there's? Are you, are you just with natural selection? Do you think that there's never going to be two white people breeding? Like that's the idea. No, like, I just think that uh, over time we will be so diverse in terms of who lives where mm-hmm. that you you're just going to lose white people and black people and Asian people. Like if you just and I'm talking over like thousands like you said, and thousands I came of from years. A black person. Yeah. You know. So I've I've still got black person in me and I'm fully well, you're white. Just, yeah, I'm you're white just human. Ass, yeah. yeah. So there's always going to be that there because of where I've come from. Like yeah. I think there's always going to be that diversity um, within even interracial marriage and sex and and breeding and all that sort of stuff. There's always going to be the diverse population we have now. I don't. But think do you mean that in terms of like culturally or just skin color? Because I'm just talking straight skin color. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like like I'm 
I'm the whitest person you could get, you know, like, and I've come from a black person and, and I'm sure that in my head, in my lineage, there's, there's been breeding with other races. Yeah. But I'm super white. Yeah. Probably but I just think, oh yeah, I just think over, th- let's say thousands of years mm. of people continually breeding together. And then now we don't, we don't have the climate stuff that's going to affect how people look. Mm. So like people went from black to white because of like living in like northern mm-hmm. like europe russia things mm-hmm. like that so you like you can go there now regardless of what skin type you don't have the same uh climate effects that would your skin would evolve to mm-hmm. so i think that the way that we're changing in terms of evolving that's not now a it's not environmental cli- yeah, it's not environmental yeah. so you take these populations of people that are white or mm-hmm. black or asian or spanish or latino or whatever mm. and then you mix them together for long enough mm. you're gonna like so if you got every color mm. from like a paint company mm-hmm. and then you slowly poured them into a bucket and then you stirred them all up mm-hmm. you're gonna end up with one color mm-hmm. you're not gonna have pockets of color in that bucket that's been stirred if that I, makes I sense i think the dossier has affected you jace <laughs> but i just don't think it matters no it doesn't doesn't know? matter but i yeah. don't even think that that's a thing no, but like, I'm just saying like that would happen over time. No, I'm saying that I probably wouldn't. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Like, yeah, maybe. You like, I just, right. I just think it's a, it's a stupid conversation because it's never going to happen. That's like, sort of that's. I guess that's like what I'm trying to say yeah. is like if you extrapolate it out in terms of a purely mm-hmm. mathematical thing, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying it will happen or or won't. What I'm saying is like in theory, mm-hmm. if you poured all the colors into a bucket and then you mix them up, which is essentially what interbreeding would be between different colors i don't think you can make that analogy you don't reckon i don't know i don't i don't think so yeah like i think that there's a lot more at play um you know purely bringing out skin color that you it's not like pouring all paints into a into a tub and mixing them together yeah because of i I agree because of like culture and where people are living and things like that just purely like genetics i I think that that's you know what you probably you could be right oh i don't know yeah that's it's it would be interesting and and i feel like that just pure discussion itself is uh, like it might be flawed you know you're, mm. you're saying that that's that's probably what would happen if you 10,000 years you pushed it into that into that space and what you're saying is environmentally because now There's we've got a climate that's, that's yeah. very stable yeah. air conditioning and all that sort of stuff yeah. that, that's taken the environmental challenge out of it well maybe I don't know you know like and that'd be interesting it'd be an interesting I, point I just get. I just think more of the argument is like let's just say that does happen mm-hmm. It just doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. No, you know, mm. and it's like I, I just think that the whole thing of like it just I don't think it there's a reason for it to be protected. Mm. Like, why should we protect a pure white skin? Why should we pro- like? I just I don't think it matters. Because, probably shouldn't because yeah. environmentally now the planet's becoming hotter and the ozone's getting thinner mm. and we probably should be gravitating towards a more um, colored skin tone if we were going to be more survival based. You know, mm. um, and I wondered too like with that way of thinking like he was prepared to die for skin color Mm. essentially and like shouldn't you have more of a broad perspective on what it means to be human than just you know like willing Mm. to like isn't there bigger issues because it's like i fucking just spent 10 minutes trying to explain a concept of people coming together Mm. but it's like before that happens climate change or Mm. artificial like there's probably more pressing shit Mm -hmm. that we should be worried about than that anyway so it's like so it's like what is 
causing that that you can get a guy that would die over something that is common sense if you're having a common sense approach quite trivial mm. like it, it shouldn't matter shouldn't like matter. it really isn't a big deal mm-hmm. then there's all this other shit that matters but he chooses to focus on that mm. so it's like what is that even where you can be so focused and willing to die for something that is quite and i think religion is the same on the other end of the spectrum when you get muslims that are mm. willing to die in allah's name or whatever mm. it's like with all the other stuff that's going on that's what you want to die for mm. So it's no. like, how do we fix that? Because even to me, I look at that as like, that's fucking stupid. Mm. You should be willing to die for something that's going to benefit everybody. Mm. Or like, you know, why are you even willing to die for something? Well, he probably thought that it would have benefited people. I mean, I haven't read the dossier, but, um, you know, and that comes back to that freedom of speech component and, and where information is allowed to lie. And surely there's been some indoctrination process of him through that, mm. through what he went through socially feeling socially isolated and you know middle-aged man was he yeah it was like i think he was in his 30s okay um so you know something's going on and and like i said before i kind of felt like i went through a midlife crisis and and i was searching for purpose you know and if i had was a bit crazy and had some shit happen to me when i was younger and then someone was reaching out with a dossier of yeah this is the problem of the world this is why you're feeling this way right now yeah uh and presented it to me in a state where it made sense then maybe i would have gravitated towards something like that you know Mm. um i feel like it's you know like that which is again the purpose and and that spirituality component all the answers lie within us you know he's chosen to go to somewhere else for answers yes uh and solve his issues by killing muslims you know yeah because it gave him purpose because it gave him purpose you know and i can't wait for the spirituality component enough to get in front of people to say well actually the purpose is within you know Mm. you just need to have the tools to get within and have that purpose because it shouldn't be about killing people it shouldn't be about harming someone it shouldn't be about isolating or bullying or anything like that your purpose is 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 what drives you you know and Mm. you know i told you my purpose is is to change the health of the nation starting at the workplace and that took a long time to get to you know dude yeah Um, it's crazy when you it's crazy when you really dig for like what it is mm. that you're doing something for yeah like there should be a why attached to everything you do in life that should be fairly easy to uh, like articulate Mm. in a sentence Mm. this is why i do that and for you to have that sentence Mm. it takes a fucking long time to like to get to that sentence Mm. but it's like that's somewhere i think everyone should aim to be is like have that sentence that explains your why Mm. that you can have on what's your why i think with this it's a way to I think it's what you said before about like how everyone kind of wins. Like Mm -hmm. I get something out of this. Mm -hmm. I get, I get something out of these conversations to, to make me better as a person. Mm -hmm. It forces me to listen to other people. It forces me to, uh, then when I have to look at these back to then look at myself and reflect on myself as to like, was that a good version of me? Was I an idiot in these certain things? Like it, it gives, it makes me, uncomfortably look at myself sometimes in a way and then i try to avoid that at times too because i think then you could take that down a another road but then on the flip side of it away from just me benefiting from these conversations with 
people that like everyone that comes on here is my friend yeah now you know and, mates now? oh fucking oath mate always been <laughs> <laughs> but there's a different level yeah because you know you fucking trapped in a room for three yeah. hours and it's mm-hmm. like you don't do this a lot with mm-hmm. a lot of people but then on the flip side of that so that's my selfish why mm-hmm. it makes me a better person i mm-hmm. think because i'm listening to more people i'm coming across people that know a lot more about things than i do mm-hmm. and then i'm giving that out to whoever wants to listen mm-hmm. for free mm-hmm. take that and i saw early on probably the robbie madison episode mm-hmm. was the one like he said if i had a loaded gun in my house mm-hmm. last year i would have killed myself yeah right. that's robbie fucking madison mm. that dude's practically a superhero yeah and he's a hero to a lot of people mm-hmm. and i got a lot of messages yeah. from people that said i'm on the verge of that mm. and i thought it was just because i was a shit cunt yeah and because i heard a dude that is my hero say that he's feeling those same things that's got goosebumps mm. that's mm. I, it's a lot like Absolutely. I get that a lot dude yeah a lot of met like I get people telling me that that through something someone said on here that they've quit drugs mm. and that they were suicidal mm. I've had people that have told me that because of us talking about depression and mental health they went and told their wife mm. that they'd had depression for years that yeah. never even vocalized the word so I think that by having these conversations I'm doing something mm. to help just anyone yeah. and i don't care who it is mm. and i don't want to be thanked for it i don't mm. want to i don't even need a message mm. telling me that that ha- like i'm just going to put i want to put this out mm. there and if it It'd helps be nice someone, for a message though it does feel good it and shows good. that you are you know like you said that episode and and you know depression and, and a superhero suffering from a condition you know like a, a depression or anxiety or whatever and it the was, dude that know? had to this person he had everything yeah but he had nothing yeah in that moment of like where he was in that headspace mm-hmm. And I think that it, it was important to then show people like you don't have depression because of the circumstances in your life or you, it's mm. not that you don't have enough. You've got depression because of something that you haven't ra- like rationalized with yourself. Yeah, It's not always this exterior thing because you look at a guy like Robbie, he's got every fucking mm. world record that you yeah. could want to have for being the craziest the cunt dude. on planet Earth. Yeah and it's like and he's still feeling that and mm-hmm. he had to work on himself he's a human exactly mm-hmm. and I think that you know to spread that message but mm-hmm. dude even it's been like a crazy good exercise in ego mm-hmm. because there is a lot of messages that come that mm-hmm. are good mm-hmm. and then there's also a lot of messages and comments that are bad Yeah, right. and it's been interesting to learn to live with both mm-hmm. and like it's also been interesting to see that this probably not means more mm. but is probably bigger to people than it actually is to me okay like to me you walk in this room right mm. so like people it's i think it's crazy because like people see like this picture of you like right yep. there and that wall and then yep. they see me on that wall yep. but if you walk out just past this room mm. there's like shit everywhere yep. there's jujitsu mats on the ground yep. there's stuff i need to clean up yep. that wall's not paint so it's like to p- to people it's like there's some warm beers on the, fr- on the floor there's like there. yeah there's like beers on <laughs> the floor they've been sitting there since the day we moved in here um, but you know so it's like it's that's been a cool thing to see like alright shit isn't what you see all mm-hmm. the time mm-hmm. and just because it looks like this it doesn't mean it is and that's been like a cool balance as well yeah so like 
I guess the the why for doing it is like it helps me and it helps other people at the same time yeah. and I don't feel like I'm taking anything from anyone to do it mm-hmm. so it, it's like let's not be neutral let's be positive mm-hmm. I think that this is a thing that has been positive for me and positive for other people mm-hmm. while not detracting from anybody yeah. whilst doing it yeah. and I'm like that's a good thing yeah. so it's like I think that's my but I really did have to think about it because you know, you start to get a following, you start to get people messaging you, you start to, like, it would be really easy for that stuff to start to, like, take over. Yeah. And, you, and again, it's that ego thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you could live through that. You could mm-hmm. feed off it. And then when people make it out to be bigger than it is, or it's bigger to them, mm-hmm. you could buy into that bullshit. Mm-hmm. And then you could start believing it. And then you can, so it's like, it's been a good lesson in, in like, that stuff mm-hmm. as well self-check self-ego check and yeah that that whole like self-reflection is i think the most important thing a person can do yeah 100 percent. it's like uh, i think you know i said my breakup my relationship breakup but also a traumatic event like um the Christchurch thing like that forces things introspection on yeah. yeah and then that's and to take a positive out of that component it's like you know, I think the the day after or two days later, there was the bikey gangs there, like protecting mm. them, protecting the Muslims to go and pray. You know, like, and then you see things come out of this trauma, which remind you that about humanity, which is again real beautiful thing. You know, so I think that I always try to take positives out of negatives. You know, mm. situations, and I try to not dwell on the negative component of that. So I wouldn't go and read his dossier. This is just me. I mm. wouldn't try and find an idea of why or what happened. I'm just like, that guy's a dick, right? He's clearly mentally unstable. But then I focus on that component of afterwards mm. of like, look at that beautiful show of humanity there. There is still good out in the universe and hopefully mm. it's building, you know? Hopefully we're moving away from that capitalist financial greed component mm. of what has driven the world for so long for so um towards you know catastrophe um and let's just be humans again and, and realize that we are all from one person or from one race we are all brothers you know and sisters and yeah we do get that opportunity every now and then to to show that we are humans, yeah. you know and, and you need to take that on board you know i think with the reason i wanted to read that was so that if someone talked about it mm. i could say this is this is what he talked about and this is why it's ridiculous Mm. you know i just wanted to have information to where i could because i think it's too easy to say that like he's just a maniac or Mm. that it's like at one point he probably was a normal Mm. dude he's from lismore yeah everyone from lismore is good dude (laughs) (laughs) you know what's so funny is you get them they'll be like oh no he was not from lismore he was from the the stuff like just outside yeah yeah just outside of it but like i think it I think in my head anyway, and like I totally respect mm. people that don't want to read it mm. and, and don't need to. Mm. But for me, I was like, if I can understand it and give people an idea of like, like curb that mm. in a way, you know. Did you watch the video? No, nah, I didn't. Watch. I didn't. That, that's the thing I don't need to see. Mm. I'm like, I know what happened, mm. but I'd almost would rather understand why. Mm-hmm. And I think that if I ever come across a person that believes that, white people are worth like let's literally segregate these people into isolation so that this race is carried mm. on into i'd go i would want to tell them like mm. dude this that's not the thing worth 
fighting for or dying for. We need to find some information on, need to talk to a geneticist or something about that. If we just put it in all the paint in a bucket, yeah. mix it together, what would happen? I just that I, would support your that would that would yeah. yeah. But I think that regard like the the main thing is like whether or not that actually happens. It's more of just a theory yeah, of okay. it, and shouldn't it's worry, shouldn't worry. Yeah, yeah. And it's like the th- if you know if this is a theory, would we be any worse off? Mm. No, mm. it's literally doesn't matter. Mm. Like it's not worth the the white skin thing yeah. isn't worth co- killing people. Mm. It's not like it's. What, what matters is mm. like exactly what you mm. said being a human that's compassionate and loving mm. and caring for other people like it's so you can do that with any skin color mm. you know you don't have to be any certain thing to be compassionate and yeah. to love somebody and to show people respect but to me it was just a thing of like i wanted to understand why mm. and then if i can do my thing to curb anybody mm. that has a similar mindset mm. because yeah you're right like when you are like young and impressionable or you don't have something to belong to or you Mm. don't have that purpose it's very easy like these people prey on prey on people without purpose Mm. they they that's the whole fucking thing like Mm. you look at scientology like they're Mm. recruiting people for this thing and they're like giving them these answers and they're giving Mm. them this hope and they're giving them this purpose and it's like these kind of negative things prey on people they Mm. look for these kind of weaknesses exactly yeah. and they're fucking legitimate weaknesses mm. man like there's been times where i would have put my energy into certain things to fill mm. certain voids mm. like I've, I've done that with partying and mm. women at times mm. you know and it's like i didn't have a clear purpose mm. to where it's like that was a thing i was going after mm. and it's like it could have easily been drugs it could have easily been fucking religion it could mm. have it could have been anything mm. so it's like how do you yeah like i guess spread that message that you're talking about of like you need to find it within yourself mm. have like, you ever been on tinder yeah yeah but I, i've bumble, been in a relationship bumble for six was years. my fucking jam bro in america <laughs> and then i broke up and then i was like fuck i've never experienced tinder you know but so how long were you used together six years and how old are you 37 okay so yeah. since your early 30s you've yep. been fully out of the game mm. so have you started down that road yet no you haven't no, no. too early I, I don't know if i would yeah Again, i wouldn't i don't know if i would want to fill the void with that you know yeah i mean fuck dude like there's two there's like always two uh you know two sides yeah. to that story it's like on the one hand there's people on there that are great people genuine yeah. people that could be just out of a relationship mm. and don't know where to start mm-hmm. you know mm. like there's so many things to where like i'd yeah. never say it's good or bad to I somebody love dating. I like i love it and i, I see that as a a, a pathway you know yeah whether it's bumble or whatever it is but i would if i was gonna do it i'd i'd probably go somewhere else and do it somewhere else yeah know? yeah not imagine the your mates yeah. just like screenshot it that i just get smoked by oh, all my friends i did it when i was single in america and just yeah. looking to fucking carve up yeah. <laughs> that, that was all it was for me <laughs> uh, but like yeah it's uh i don't know that, even that's like a whole another podcast just the dating thing yeah it's yeah. a it like oh, i mean fuck as much as it obviously it sucks to like go through the the relationship and stuff Mm. but like i do love that like when you are dating and Mm. like there's so much possibility like you Mm. could and i'd say to my friends like you could literally meet the girl of your dreams Mm -hmm. tomorrow now Mm -hmm. like it's all that possibility is like right around the corner yeah if you're ready for it and a good dude and you you know you're open to these people and Mm. it can be like i was saying to my friend today 
when he talks about like, oh, fuck, bro, because he's in a very similar situation. Mm. He's like, I don't even know what to do for a date. And mm. I was like, all right, here's what you don't do. Mm. You don't just ask a girl over to your house or you don't mm. be like, I'm going to hike the national park today. Mm. Do you want to come? Mm. I'm going to go find this waterfall my friend talked yeah. about. You know, it's like give people these experiences mm. like it can it can be like a catalyst to like motivate you to get up and mm. get out of the house and you mm. know meet these new people and mm. it's i don't know it's just it's such like a pros mm. like prosperous time in a way of like you could meet the fucking coolest person yeah and it's like uh, i think i read it was like how many times have you been to a bar to go and pick up a chick you know mm. like you did that all through your 20s you know and how many times you actually successful on meeting a person that you were really truly interested in you know, it's fucking slim pickings, you know? Yeah. So the way to approach that scenario is to, to go back into yourself, you know, and work on yourself and work on your mm. communication strategies, what you want in relationships and have all those tools ready. Do the things that you want to do, like go on hiking or, or yeah. go and learn Spanish or, or pick up surfing or whatever. And then that person and your environment that you yes. created, you're going you're gonna to yeah. attract to the same sort. And I feel like that now is like, I've gone through this process and, and learn a lot about relationships, learn a lot about myself. And uh, I'm at this point now where, you know, I, I've certainly met um, people that I'm, that offer different things to what my um, ex relationship was about. You know, I was like, I love these things in a relationship and I thought that was fantastic. And then now there's like, okay, I've, I've met other people and it's like, wow, okay, this is a different thing, you know, yeah. that I didn't even know that I wanted or I needed in a relationship and this is a beautiful thing, you know. So I'm continually learning, you know. It's constant learning for me in that space about uh, the type of person you are or I am and the type yeah. of person that you want in your life, you know. Um, and whether you feel like there's that true one person for you out there or not, you know, I kind of... Are you more, like, with what you've been through, are you, do you believe in monogamy in a way or like is it or is it because there's two things with monogamy where it's like sexual monogamy mm. or then just like the monogamy of like because i think we live in a weird time where like we say so you've got a girlfriend you've got mm. one girlfriend and you've like you're into surfing jiu-jitsu you're into history you're into uh fucking everything doing mushrooms mm. or yeah. what you know whatever it's like so then do you expect that person to be into all of those things or like you're trying to then you're either like with that person or you're not with that person mm -hmm. for those activities based on what they're into mm -hmm. so it's like there's monogamy in a way of like expecting that person that you're with to be a person that is in line with like all these different mm -hmm. values that can be like conflicting at times mm -hmm. and whatever and then obviously the sexual monogamy of people that don't just want to be with one partner but I think that there's a lot of relevance just to the uh, just like a lifestyle mm. monogamy of like you expect this person to be like the one that hangs out with you through all of that mm -hmm. so it's like I don't know have you had that crisis of like absolutely I had that conversation only recently around um, I was with someone for such a long time and um, you know having a conversation and just as a friend about a relationship um, and having that emotional monogamy or emotional infidelity and reaching out for questions that I should have been reaching in for, you know, and how much that influences your subconscious. Like, I think that if you so want... So, how do you mean, sorry? So, talking to ex-partners about your current relationship, you know, as an example. Oh, while you're in yeah, the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, just ask, asking questions about, you know, what, how should this... You know, I told you about my relationship yardstick. I didn't really have one. Yeah, and I was yeah. questioning what I was currently in. And then 
having reaching out for those answers, you know, rather than reaching in for those answers and how much that affects your subconscious. I, I definitely like undervalued how much it affected me. What so percent? by reaching out, you think that was did more harm than good? Like you should have looked yeah. at yourself for those reasons? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and how much that affected my subconscious, I don't know. You know, I, I was think, talking about it as a percentage. I'm like, what sort of percentage would that have affected my current relationship that I was in? And how much did that steer my current relationship where yeah. I was at at that time, yeah. you know? Yeah, I see. I see um, and I think that, I should have been asking those questions within myself and with my partner um, and being super honest about what how I was feeling. I didn't have those tools at that time. Yeah. You know, I didn't have that ability to ask those hard questions, you know, and I probably didn't have the safety from myself to ask those hard questions, yeah. you know. Um, so, and if you wanted to create the, the relationship which you know, that I have now in my head of where I want to be and with the partner, I wouldn't cross that boundary again. Yeah. You know, I would be a hundred percent honest with my current partner about how I was feeling and where my needs were at and how I was feeling, you know, I'm feeling X or I'm feeling a little bit bored in this current relationship. What can we do? Or I'm feeling not satisfied in this component of our relationship. What can we do about that? You know? Um, and I feel like that, that that monogamy in that component of being, you know, physically um, not not crossing those boundaries, you know, having that sexual connection with someone um, and then also having that emotional connection to someone because I think there's so much... So layered. It's so layered and so many opportunities to, to concrete that emotional connection with someone, you know. Um, like a good example would be, let's say I'm um, I'm dating someone right now. Let's say it's it's brand new relationship, and I'm and, and my ex is here, and I have to go and help my ex do something, move something, yeah. or move something out of the house, whatever. I want to have take that opportunity to say to this person, look, I'm going to go and do this. All right, are you okay with it? You know, like rather I, in the past, I would have just done it. Yeah, and not because it I would have thought it doesn't matter. You know, like I'm not going to fucking sleep with this person over here or fuck up over here. Yeah. But I'm going to see them and I'm going to interact with them. You know, I don't think that this person needs to know because it might hurt them. Yeah. Whereas now I look at it as Which an opportunity. Is, that would be the most common way people that's right. deal with it. That's 100%. right. 100%. Yeah. And that's the way I used to deal with it. Yeah. I was like, but now I see that as an opportunity. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to do that. Now I'm going to strengthen my relationship over here my emotional connection with someone by saying, hey, I'm going to go and do this. Are you okay with it? Like, and if yeah. they have the right to say yes or no, you know, that's fine. That's their, that's their opinion. Um, and I think that strengthens that emotional connection, knowing that, you know, okay, they're super honest about it. That's super trustworthy and that's great, you know, and that's what I want to build in the future for my relationship, you know. And it's all those opportunities that um, presented ourselves, which we probably like skirt around or dodge those questions well, because they will event they will just in the very nature of like dealing with it and being honest mm. like honesty is one of the fucking hardest things to do like with yourself with yeah. a, like with anyone and mm. I, man i do think we're in a definitely in a like a renaissance time especially like fuck the amount of shit i talk about on here is mm. like like i'm now just super comfortable with mm. saying like honestly what mm. I'm going through or mm. honestly how I felt about things or feel, and it's like it's okay mm. because it's like let's just get some discourse mm. because it, we have lived in a place and you being a bit older than me mm. you would have even had this 
worse mm. of like shielding your emotions and mm. not talking about things and but man like it's been it's been really cool just i feel like in the last few years to like see dudes open up and, oh, and be beautiful. honest with themselves yeah. and you know like that's something that i love about this as mm. well is like it really gives like there's no fucking judgment here mm. you can say mm. whatever you want mm. like i just i don't mm. i don't want to judge people and i want people to be honest because it's a it's fucking hard to do mm. and b it's always the right like thing to do mm. but man like it's it's hard because it's there is so many blurred lines of do i start this fight do i like a lot of times like the honest thing to do mm. or say is like the it will cause you the most problems yeah in in the short, short term, term yeah but in the long term obviously mm. is going to be the thing that will strengthen or you know mm. solidify relationships and we're kind of funny like i think now being 37 I, my dad and my dad's dad they had this traditional role as a male you know yeah. it was filled like your dad you know work come home maybe his meal was created for him and whatever and then he had some family duties you know and then now you know you look at the youngsters coming through now and they have a total different view of what their life should look like as a partnership you know it looks more like a partnership rather yeah. than a male doing that and a female doing that yeah what we can have now is a fucking soup of stuff you know yeah um we can have i can be a stay-at-home dad you know and then my wife can earn all the money and do that that's totally acceptable now when i was I grew up as a bastard child, you know, that was something that was still hanging around. You know, my mum and dad weren't married. And, you know, until Game of Thrones comes. That's right. And now you're the fucking man. On the snow, you know. (laughs) And uh, I've only just started watching um, season two of Game of Thrones. I'm a rookie. You're in for a ride, Um, son. So, you know, like, and that was, that was a bad thing, being a bastard child. And I remember just being at the tail end of, hang on, is it a bad thing, like, being a bastard? Like, and it was just edging out now it's fucking normal you know and that how how quickly has that transitioned through our culture that now it's normal to be in a single parent relationship yeah um but it does affect us like it affects me and my ability to be in a relationship growing up in a single parent relationship i wish i'd known about that a long time ago and how how it affected me i wish i didn't have to go through this um fucking turmoil of breakup and relationship disasters to understand myself and understand relationships better but i did you know and through trauma like the other trauma that happens we probably learn the most you know because we're forced to look at it you know we're like fuck this hurts you know fuck how am i going to prevent this from happening again you know and it's the answer is not to run away or not think about it the answer is to understand all right double down that's right yeah yeah let's do that and that's what i've done i feel like and you know i feel like i'm much better more off overall for yeah, it, yeah yeah with everything you know business and myself yeah. and my friendships and i've literally reached out to all my friends uh, and said look this is what i've learned you know like I've, I've got this course and i've done this like i highly recommend doing it before shit happens because shit is gonna happen to you yeah um, and pick up some skills on how to deal with it you know and purely around i think we mentioned it earlier was like I am feeling yeah. like this because you did this yeah. rather than I'm fucking angry because of, you know, that's such a small change to someone that could make a big difference. Yeah. About that's just getting a through technique. Conflict. Yeah. 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 Um, and the other one was, uh, there's got the Gottman method. So he studied numerous couples or thousands of couples and, and their interactions with each other. And he could determine 
with 80, 85% success rate, the couples that were going to be successful in their relationship and the couples that were going to divorce. And one of the big ones was their um, partner's bids for attention, you know. So mm. another problem with phones and sitting in bed is, you know, your partner might say blah, 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 and that might be her bid for attention for you. But you're on your phone and you sort of see her on your phone and you're like, fuck, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, touch that or oh, fucking leave me alone I'm watching Game of Thrones or whatever it yeah, is yeah. but those bids for attention are super important you know and if we're bringing more things into that to um, take the attention away yeah to take those or to dismiss dismiss those bids yeah then that impacts the relationship yeah, and the quality of relationships you can have so the Gottman stuff is is, is really classic and um, can you read that shit online yeah okay yeah. awesome so he's got uh, the four Kingsmen which are the four uh, things that you look for in a relationship if they start to if you start to see them in a relationship then you need to address them you know mm. um, you know contempt um, was one of them you know oh, I can't even remember the other ones but um, that they've got it's four key things that you start noticing in a relationship if you start to notice them you need to address them because um, the relationship need what needs work and they yeah. all, it always needs work you know? and there's probably those motherfuckers hiding in every relationship to Absolutely. some extent whether it's at the you know forefront of your mind or mm. in your subconscious like mm. I'm sure that shit exists for everybody really oh absolutely you know and it's that's part of the beauty of being human you know yeah. it's like you get to feel that sort of stuff you want to you know like i said before i used to shut out that stuff and like going through pain it, it's almost pleasurable in the same sentence because you can put yourself that far out yeah. there that you know you, there's a fall it's that can come but uh you know that's that's a beautiful thing you know well i i definitely agree with that in the sense of like being wrong like i don't i want people to challenge my beliefs mm. i would like to be wrong i would like to be genuinely wrong mm. about some shit yeah because then it's like fuck i get it now i get a chance to be right mm. about something i was wrong about it's yeah. like you're in the dark now lights on yeah and people are i think people are like attached to being right all the time it's like fuck mm. bro it's like good to be wrong mm. like it's really good if some if you're genuinely wrong mm. and you can be you know like the israel falau thing mm. like i hope i'm falau on some stuff mm-hmm. you know <laughs> yeah. i think we have quite a term yeah, it's, but it's like i hope i am yeah. and then there's someone that can come along and like hopefully i can have enough um detachment from my own ego mm. and that my identity is not wrapped into this idea to the point that I can't let go. Mm. But I really hope that I can be a person that is able to be wrong about something and then to be educated and, you know, bringing the scientific method to life almost. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. mm. So, Hey, we've just done, um, three hours and 13 minutes. Cooked it. Goes quick, eh? Yeah. So we probably should have talked about more breathing stuff, but yeah. I fucking, I really enjoyed talking to you, dude. Um, uh, no, nah, thanks very much. Did you have a good time? It. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's it's like we freestyled it. I was after some uh, some guidelines to navigate the breathing stuff, um, but you know, I, I continually see guys here in, in the clinic environment. Um, happy to take you back in the pool as well. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, if there's any anyone out there that is interested in, um, you know, learning more about the breath, I've got some articles uh, online at FletcherTechniques.com. Um, I'm in the clinic here every week, so I really enjoy having conversations like this, but more directed towards the breath and more directed towards how we improve performance or improve mood or anxiety levels using techniques that exist within us all. You know, and I think that's kind of been the arching philosophy of what we've talked about today. You know, the answer is always within. Um, and the breath is a tool that allows us to go within very quickly and control mood control anxiety and performance so maybe we've covered it more philosophically the breath than we have specifically what we should do we should um, 
I should come in and we should do some filming around. We could do a session. Yeah, we should do some filming and then I can put that up on the YouTube channel. And then maybe we just get you back on the podcast at some point to mm-hmm. really chronicle like exactly the, yeah, like the process and and some of those techniques because I'm there's yeah there's still stuff I'm interested in that we didn't talk about but I'm pretty stoked on the conversation that came up nonetheless yeah. so hey, thanks very much but that's the um, that's the way these things yeah. go sometimes cheers brother but um yeah so we'll get you back on at some point and uh yeah maybe get in and um do some stuff in the um the new the new room yeah yeah yep. we'll, we'll have yeah that'll definitely i'll get you on when the new one's done and we'll just yeah get well, you back we're, in. we're after a motocross rider what's that are we after a motocross rider then what for to do the filming out there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i reckon um there's a guy that i want to come in jackson richardson okay He's a really good mate of mine. He's two-time uh, Australian Supercross champ. Okay. Um, he's going to be here on the 5th of May. We're doing um, a live podcast for the last Supercross in Vegas. Okay. So wh- I might try and get him to yours before that, like maybe on a Friday or something, mm-hmm. and then get him. Maybe we can do some filming stuff around it. Sweet. Um, and then, yeah, maybe get you back on even with him, like mm-hmm. talking about it or whatever. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think for... I think it's it's super interesting, like the performance side of things, mm-hmm. um, and the stuff that you guys can do. Mm-hmm. So I think we should dive into it Sweet. deeper. There's no that's a good thing about this. There's no limit on how many times you can come on. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, it was awesome. It was really cool to, um, I guess, like spar back and forward with different ideas and mm-hmm. and some stuff that's been on my mind and stuff that's been on your mind yeah. as well with the relationship stuff and the Absolutely. meditation. So, and I think that reg- like. The good thing with this too is like there's obviously like the breathing component but just you being a dude that's going through what you're going through and the transformation and the growth and the investment that you're making in yourself like Mm. you know there's a lot of people that will take as much out of that as any of the breathing stuff Mm -hmm. so i think that you know talking about oh Mm. dude for sure man Mm -hmm. for sure so really appreciate you coming on and we'll do it again soon thanks mate awesome Dude, that went fucking so... All right, there you have it. That was uh, pretty much four and a bit hours, four and a half hours with James Fletcher, which might be a new record. Um, But yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, Fletch is the man. um, And yeah, if you made it through both of those, then uh, props. And I hope it it was cool. I hope you guys got something out of it. Um, Yeah, let me know what you thought of that whole 1.1, 1.2 deal. Um, just, yeah, obviously it's not what we normally do. Um, but there's, I guess no real rules here. Uh, interesting side note, we talked about it in, I think when we started the sort of the second part of the first episode. Um, but I ended up reading an article. I wish we had Mick in there for this one because it would have been good to be able to Google some stuff that we were sort of talking about. Um, put a little bit more factual, uh, context behind it um but basically i read an article i ended up um texting it to fletch after the podcast too that says um that in a couple generations we're all gonna look uh brazilian apparently that is going to be um what happens with the uh kind of melting pot and multicultural nature of uh of our society these days so uh, it kind of an interesting uh, little point of discussion that, that we had there. Um, and I, I just really enjoyed being able to like talk to, 
to Fletch about those kind of ideas, um, listen to his opinions and, and uh, thoughts on those kind of things. So um, thank you very much to everyone that tuned in. Uh, once again, you can give us a follow on at Gypsy Tales Podcast on Instagram. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is uh, yeah something we've been putting a lot of effort into. Um, and yeah, buy a t-shirt if uh, you're that way inclined. Uh, thank you very much, everybody. We, we're working hard on our new studio, uh, which is why uh we haven't been doing as many of these as we usually do but if you give us a few weeks then we'll be back to like really pumping these out um we've got a lot of cool guests as well coming up and yeah just really trying to save um yeah save some some guys for this new studio because it's it's definitely gonna be really really cool uh i think it's gonna change the way that we can do these for the better um and yeah it's just sort of it's an exciting time but it's like at the same time it's a very frustrating time uh and it's also a very yeah it's like a, honestly a trying time at the moment with uh just trying to juggle this like i i don't know i think that we're like it feels good because i think we're doing something super unique uh, in this podcast space with the age that I'm at and the age our listeners are at. Um, feels like we're creating something really cool, but at the same time, it's like fucking hard to make it all happen and keep everything afloat with uh, not the biggest budgets um, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's just, it honestly feels like a bit of a grind uh, this year. Last year, everything was new and fresh and cruising along and, uh, you know, sort of were doing just what we could with what we had. But then this year it's like, no, nah, let's really put in some like massive effort and like really try and take this whole thing to the next level. Um, and, you know, not, not even just like on a personal level, it's just like for the, um, you know, for, for everybody that is involved, like for, you know, the listeners as, as much as, um, as much as for us. So yeah, we, uh, working pretty hard to, um, get this new studio happening and, and then really keep the ball rolling and sort of deliver deliver people more of uh, what they sort of want to see and hear. So um, thanks to everyone that has continually supported the podcast. Um, and yeah, we are working hard to, uh, to keep this thing going. All right, peace. Thank you.